1990, Tom Savini remade Night of the Living Dead. He did. And it nice. wasn't totally shit. It wasn't. It was Let's... a lot better than the colorized version. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. That was literally like a black and white movie had taken acid and you could just see what the movie was seeing. Like, <laughs> it's fucking horrendous. I, I think I've seen it once. But they, um, it, I guess in a sort of tribute to Tom Savini, when they recolorize it, they do make the zombies look greeny blue. So. <laughs> 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 that was, that was a good choice. No, no, you, you don't. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, I'm going back to Nam to shoot ducks. <laughs> yeah, here does it. there's a bunch of remakes of Night of the Living Dead mm. but if you, if you really want to watch a remake of Night of the Living Dead watch the Savini yeah movie. go into Tom Savini's uh, 1990 remake mm. and yeah it's really enjoyable it's not, obviously it's not the original but it's not shit mm. I, thought, I like thought they do something different with the ending in that one as well if I remember rightly spoilers obviously you've still got like the main two characters being like you the see woman the big explosion as well don't you? you've, I think so yeah uh, but then you've got obviously like you know the two main protagonists are still the woman and the black dude. Mm. But I'm pretty sure the woman gets out of the house when she goes back with like a bunch of hillbillies. See what's going on? It's her that shoots him at the end, and that's kind of like the final shot of the movie. And then you see that it's just the whole thing just totally changed her as a person. Like, I'm sure I remember that being the end, but I stand to be corrected on that one because uh, apparently I can forget a lot of shit in three days. So knows <laughs> what I've forgotten since 1990. <laughs> Ah, and then, in the 90s, Zombies got a big old resurgence, which kind of eventually led to the big zombie mm. resurgence of the early 2000s, which was the video game series Resident Evil. Yeah, them I can talk about all freaking day long. Yeah, well, have a go, because I don't really know anything about it. Um, so, like, the original <laughs> Resident Evil is um, just set in a mansion. Um, this is the one where there's, there's a fixed camera. Yeah, the first three of them, actually. And I a think that's why I couldn't get on with it. Yeah, the first three and a couple of the spin-offs, they all had um, fixed cameras. But um, it, was, it was a good way of like, causing scares, because obviously you could like just hide something ever so slightly out of shot. Or right. like, you'd be creeping towards a camera, and you'd see a pixel at the bottom kind of flickering in and in. And you're like, okay, is that like a spinning health yeah. pack? Is that a zombie's big toe or whatever? But, but yeah, the whole idea being there's been some sort of incident at this mansion... And the uh, STARS team, I think it's Special Tactics and Rescue Service or something that it stands for. Like You're all stars in my eyes. Yeah, which is only slightly less convoluted than Strategic Homeland Intervention and Enforcement Logistics Division. Thank you, that's my shield reference for the stream. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, that's what it's meant to stand for. Um, so yeah, you go and you can play as one of two characters. So you can play as either Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. If you start as Chris, all you get is a combat knife and you can't carry quite as much stuff. So he was like the hardcore mode to play as. Then if you go in with Jill... Men only. <laughs> Jill. <laughs> yeah, and if you play the, uh, the misogynistic approach, you're a woman with an extra handbag space and a uh, <laughs> knife and a gun. Not even fucking kidding. She actually has an extra pouch on her as well. Oh, right. Uh, <clears throat> but no pockets. But yeah, so like I said, the whole idea of it, like, um, it wasn't the first game series to do this sort of fixed camera horror running around All right. a mansion thing. It was originally it was a game called Alone in the Dark and I'm pretty sure there was one before that as well. That's a movie as well, don't it watch is. it. Do not watch that, Yui Bowl can suck my fucking dick. <laughs> I hate that guy's How movie. does he still get 
films made. Well, because he put Christian, Christiana Locken in a couple of Blood Rain movies, and because she got naked, he basically put his kids through college. So. Wow. Yeah, um, something like that. I don't know, what is it? He did House of the Dead, he did um, Alone in the Dark, and he had two Blood Rain movies, and I think at the moment he's just getting... Oh, we know it's Paul Anderson is just getting ready to shove his fist up Monster Hunter World's ass as well. Oh, Paul was Anderson? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Resident Evil 2 takes place directly after Resident Evil 1, or sort of, kind of concurrently as well though. Right. Um, and in that you play like a rookie cop called Leon Kennedy, or Leon S. Kennedy, which if you watch Jacksepticeye on YouTube, he's decided he's... These are all Japanese, aren't they? They're all, uh, they're all made in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah made by, made developed in Japan, but the, the characters yeah, are American. I mean, the original title for the series is actually Biohazard. It's not actually called Resident Evil. Isn't that's that just, already a game? Um, no, that's just Resident Evil. Oh. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 7 is actually called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. because oh, it's just the one you're playing at the moment. That's it? the one I'm doing on YouTube at the moment, yeah, which has made me change my pants a few times. <laughs> um, so yeah, in that one, yeah, you play. So Resident Evil 2, you're playing as Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield, who is the sister of Chris from the first um, game. So he doesn't make it? Um, and yeah, he does. He's, he's one of the main guys. He, oh. like, he's still alive in Resident oh. Evil 7. Because um, apparently him and Leon Kennedy, just, they just become ninjas after the first couple of games. Cool. There's a couple of um, CGI spin-off movies set in the video game world. Uh, the couple of them I've seen are actually well worth watching. They're great fun. They're just oh. really silly, like action horror, over-the-top Matrix rip-offs. Um, not as bad as the movies! Um, <laughs> yes, when they got to Resident Evil 3, you then play as Jill Valentine again uh, from the first game. And she is in, it, basically Resident Evil 3 was never supposed to be its own standalone game. It was originally meant to be part of Resi 2. Um, but they realized they still had a few areas they hadn't used in that game and they had enough story that they could essentially make an entirely new game out of it. So rather than it becoming a spin-off title, they made it into Resident Evil 3. They introduced one of the coolest villains in any game ever in the Nemesis who shows up in a very uh, roundabout sort of way in the second Resident Evil movie. Um, but this is all still using the whole fixed cameras, like tank control movement. Yeah. Very, very sort of slow. And then along comes Resident Evil 4 and creates your first full-on action horror game. Is this the racist one? Uh, no, we're getting to that. Oh. <laughs> Although it's, I'm not going to lie, the beginning of Resi 4 is a little bit racist. Um, right. you, you walk into a, like this Spanish village and um, it's not zombies in this one. It's this disease called Las Plagas. Ah. And um, it's basically like having a parasite in your head that actually sprouts tentacles out of your head and stuff like that. A bit like the thing. A bit like the thing, yes. It's like some obvious, very obvious thing references like right. across the board anyway. Isn't there a guy in one of these games, oh, I think you told me a few episodes back, there's a guy that looks a lot like Leatherface on Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's Essentially, he's based on him. Like he's got, um, he's a, I think we said he's... He's got like the burlap sack that Jason That's gets. it, he's got the sack from Friday the 13th but his too, body, but the body is... basically Leatherface. Yeah, and, and he, he hasn't taken you with a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that bit is bloody terrifying, by the way. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, he's one of those guys that you kill him and he comes back like three times before you actually successfully do finish the guy off. Oh. Like, with a gun, not like in the backseat of a car or anything. Like. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's a little bit racial because you walk into this Spanish village and everyone's all dressed there in like sort of like 18th century farming. Yeah, they look like they've just stepped out of an Olivio advert, but they've all got AIDS. 
Um, <laughs> and you walk into the middle of their town and they're all, there's some kind of ritual going on and they're just piling bodies onto this big fire in the middle of the town and then this bell goes off and they all turn around and see you and you've got a whole fucking village coming at you at once. Mm-hmm. Now in the first three games, you, you've normally got a maximum of two things after you at once at any given right. point in the game. So for This them, is the first zombie horde. Yeah, this is like, by the way, you fucked. <laughs> you're like, and so you're, like, you're used to conserving ammo so you're there like do I just start shooting like do I what the fuck do I do do I run away and then just as you run out of ammo another bell goes off and then they all just suddenly become transfixed by something and all turn around and walk away okay uh, it's genuinely one of the best openings to a, like introductory openings to a game that, that particularly like for a mid-season one changing the dynamics and stuff like I've ever seen like it's fucking brilliant So this is the racist one. Uh, yeah, Resi 5. Right. <laughs> Resi 5 is the racist one. Um, I don't think that it's deliberate racism. It's more just kind of slight pig ignorance. But they, they... It's your drunk uncle at a wedding. Yeah, it's exactly that. Like, well, back in my day, we could call them whatever we wanted. You know, it's one of, it's one of those. Like, <clears throat> or Dave at the pub when he's had a few too many LJs. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they, they try to sort of recapture like the, the thing they do at the beginning of four, like when you get to this sort of like African village and like you know, at the time it kind of it looks a bit like a live aid advert, like right. you know, they've they've made it very much overly impoverished, everyone like all the kids are running around with flies and maggots all over, and I'm not saying that that's not a thing. I'm just saying it's overdone to the point where you're like, Yeah, we get it, you're trying to be sensitive. Right. But then you get through this whole area and there's a bit where you jump on a boat. And you go over to where there are literal mud huts ah. with um, African kids running around now in loincloths actually chucking spears at you. Still chucking spears at you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Philip. And it, yeah, it, it gets a really bad rap for it. I mean, it's nowhere near as bad a game as like the gaming community would let on. Like, it is still a good, solid co-op game, but it's entirely designed to be played with two people. So right. you've got um, like a female character that follows you around as well. Um, and yet, yeah, to be honest, it's, if you can play it in co-op with a mate, it's not a bad game at all. Um, the bad one's the next one. Six. Number six. Now, by this point, all of the um, tropes from four have like been increased even more. So it's still, it's no more fixed camera angles. It's still a lot more action-oriented. Um, in Resi 5, you still have to kind of like stop and stand still if you want to aim your gun and shoot. Right. Um, in Resi 6, they went to fuck with all that. <clears throat> um, Gears of War looked fun. Um, so let's make a zombie game that plays like Gears of War. In fact, let's not just do that. Let's split the campaign into three. So you have three separate co-op campaigns where you play as three different pairs of characters. One of them, they kind of semi-do like a survival horror thing. Right. Which still gets very action-heavy. Uh, the second story... You're playing as Leon Kennedy in that one again. Um, in the second story arc, you're playing as Chris Redfield again. Um, and that is just that is just Gears of War. It's cover shooting. There's monsters. You fight some giant thing in the middle of the city. It's not scary in the slightest. Um, and the third one um, to go back very briefly to Resident Evil Four when they were trying to make Resi Four, they wanted to create a game where you had like that more action orientated feel to it. Um, and it actually, they, you know, they were looking for you to be more aggressive, and so you were actually the ones going after, like you were almost a hunter of these things. And right. That, that's um, offensive. Well, if that's a start. That's with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So like, yeah, you were you were, you know you were on the offensive, like trying to fight them. Right. 
Um, and that game got so stylized and action heavy, it actually became the Devil May Cry series. Yeah. Um, which obviously I've just lent you Devil May Cry 5. I'm yep. sure that's still sat in the box over there somewhere. No, I started playing it. Oh, sick. Yeah. Nice. Does that make sense? Fucking gross. It is disgusting. But Those things with the. Yeah. They're like bug faces. Mm. It's like a. Like a praying mantis face, but there's like a human face in the middle. Yeah. And then there's claws, and they've got these big old gross butts. Yep. And yeah, it's yeah. Blah. Trust me, it gets worse. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a really good fun game. Yeah, um, it's just good to it's a tension release basically. A beat em up, yeah, button yeah, smash. It literally, it's like Streets yeah. of Rage, but with giant fucking swords. Yeah, it's so cheesy. It is. The dialogue is so fucking cheesy. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, um, to go back to the point I was making on Resident Evil 6, um, they actually try and do an almost Devil May Cry style campaign in a Resident Evil game where you play as the son of some super powered guy called Albert Wesker who's like one of the protagonists from the first game who fucks you over and it turns out he's been working with Umbrella Corporation the whole time. He's basically been mutated with viruses to turn him into bloody Neo from the Matrix but with even more superpowers. Oh. Um and it's just a shit show. Like it's again, if you can just like play it as a game and you're just doing it as its own experience, you can actually have a really good laugh with it. Yeah. But if you're looking for Resident Evil, the way that feels, the way that plays, the way it carries on, you're gonna be fucking disappointed. Skip that one. Yeah, basically go straight <laughs> to number seven. And if you want that spoiled stupid for you, find me on YouTube and watch me play it, and I will tell you exactly when you're gonna crap your pants because <laughs> <laughs> you you will see me do it. Yeah. Yes. It's been good fun. How far into that now? Um, I think I'm about. I'm just under eight hours in. I'm okay. actually. I'm going to be recording some more of that tomorrow and putting that up. So. Okay, cool. That's what's your YouTube name? Uh, it's Spidey one two nine on YouTube. S P Y D E Y then a space and then one two nine. Cool. Which is also my Xbox gamer tag, my PlayStation gamer tag, and if yeah. I ever get a Nintendo account, it'll be my Nintendo gamer tag as well. Uh, Facebook password. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one they remastered recently? Was that two? Uh, yeah, the re that wasn't fixed camera. No, they fully three D'd it. They've it now runs on the same game engine that Resi Seven runs on, and Resident right. Evil Two Remake is like the best horror game I've ever played. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. People have gone a bit nuts about it, and it's. I've watched a few live uh, live streams of it. It's still fucking scary. Yeah, there is. Just, it's got a couple of good jump scares in it, but the main thing is they've got that big guy, Mister X, who just follows you around. Yeah. And like you'll be hiding in a room and you can just hear like his size Did 20. Did they redo the sound for it? Oh, they've redone everything for oh. it. Like every, it's from the ground built up all over again, which wow. is why Leon Kennedy's hair looks like a little bit shit. <laughs> but they get to see Claire Redfield in her original outfit if you unlock it, which is basically like a tied up shirt and hot pants running around in the rain. And they animated that rain on her body, people. Gaming. Gaming. Straighting when I do it. But... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that, that's the Resident Evil franchise covered for you, apart from a shit ton of spin-offs that I do not have time to get into. <laughs> no, there's a lot of films, very many, 96, mm. over 20 years, seven games, made a lot of money. Yeah. Into the 2000s, mm. for zombies, 2002, Paul with Anderson <sighs> decided his wife needed a job. <laughs> so he made, ah, come on, she was, a, she was working. She I can't believe she married him. <laughs> it wasn't for his directorial talent, was she it? She also used to date so uh, that Luke Besson. Yeah, she did. Um, During the Fifth Element, I think. That was the one, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, anyway, Mila Jokovic, as we were talking about. Mm. So in 2002, Paul W.S. Anderson made Resident Evil the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Soundtrack by Marilyn Manson. Well, of course, it's early 2000s. It's mm. a horror film. Must have metal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he was very, very reserved with what he did with that, I thought. I, I mean, I've seen the film. Mm. I don't think I've sat down and listened to the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very reserved. <laughs> uh, yes, um, if you know anything about cinema at all, you know that video games do not have a good track record track translating to movie no. at all. Mario Brothers. Oh, God, uh, don't. <laughs> I hate that film. This recently, Assassin's Creed. I'll make you chuckle very quickly. Um, if you watch Super Mario Brothers, um, I've seen it in French where they decided it was so bad they rewrote half the dialogue. Oh, bro. So when it's translated, you're not getting the exact same it's script. It's just a full-on comedy in the French version. Pretty much, it's so yeah. ridiculous. In, in French, it's actually pretty funny to watch, apart from the fact if you ever want to, like, just seeing Bob Hoskins' mouth move and French coming out of it is funny enough. But, <laughs> but the most British bloke out there. But, like, uh, um, but you actually like Prince of Persia, don't you? I do, yeah, I, I do like the Prince of Persia movie. I've never seen it. It's, yeah, it's, I heard his English accent is very good. It's not bad, actually, to be fair. Uh, Gemma Arterton's in it and doesn't annoy the crap out of me, which is good. There's only a few films where she manages to do that. The other one being Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, which I think is a surprisingly fun B-movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, Prince of Persia movie, I liked it. it's just like a really good throwback to like the old 60s, 70s Swords and Sandals movies, like, you know, Sinbad and the Seven, or Seven Voyager Sinbad, Son of Sinbad, mm. Arabian Nights, kind yeah. of Alibaba style stuff. Uh, the other one, I was like, Tomb Raider. I don't mind the Tomb, I don't mind any of them. I, I think did. all three of them, I'm like... I, I actually them. fell asleep in the second one in the cinema. Mm. <laughs> I mean, again, it's... It's, they're not great, but there's nothing particularly wrong with them. Um, the, the newer one with... <laughs> um, I don't fucking know her name. <laughs> don't know either. I, I think the, the only criticism I had of it, because um, there's, there's one brilliant bit, but they actually they perfectly recreate one of the scenes from the, the game, that it's, because it's based on like the reboot of Tomb Raider that they did a few years back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they completely, almost shot for shot, do one of the sequences from that, which is crawling across like an old um, decrepit bomber that's landed across the top of this waterfall. Right, and then like, she's trying not to fall through that, and then she lands on the glass, and it breaks. She grabs a parachute, and then she's like just flying through all these trees that nearly chop her in half. Like uh, that was all really good, but I think we got to about an hour and twenty minutes into this hour and forty move, forty minute movie. And I looked at my girlfriend, and was like, "Is she going to raid a fucking tomb any time soon?" It's like <laughs> there's been a lot of running and panting, and I am down with that. But, but no, she she plays a young Lara the way they reinvented the character, like absolutely fine. It's like it, I don't find anything offensive about that film at all. Resident Evil, on the other hand, yep, yeah. So, I can't really ask to talk about it. Basically, in 2002, the biggest film, it's not totally fucking shit. It's not. But it's not great. And it's, they've it's had how many a, sequels? Uh, it's, I think there's actually seven movies. It seems well. like one every year, almost, yeah. at the moment. Well, they, like, they've done, supposedly, the final one, which I haven't actually seen, but I've seen all of the others. Uh, have they gone to space yet? Uh, no, not well, yet. It's not man. the final one, then, well, is it? Because no, 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 no. all the best horror franchises end in space. Will you wait for the reboot? <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I think the only good thing I can say about the Resident Evil films the only reason I can sit and watch them is because they obviously do not give a shit how ridiculous they get they just fucking
fucking go for it. Yeah, they're making money. They know they are. Yeah. So they I mean, people come it's off of me for a start. Like, <laughs> I, I will go watch them. I think I showed you the clip from I think it's the third Resident Evil, no, the fourth Resident Evil. Well, they recreate movie. the thing from the game. They recreate a fight scene from the fifth one, pretty much shot for shot. Mm. I mean, like, there's there's loads of fan service in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of short shorts in there. I mean. <laughs> Yes, yes, and Mila Jokovic is a very, very beautiful woman. So yeah. you've definitely cornered a certain market there. Oh God, I wish I was out of that market. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that was back in 2002, and Mr. Anderson probably thought he was hot shit and made a really good zombie film. Mm, and then another film was released that year. And that would be Dawn of the Dead remake? Uh, actually, I was, well, we have spoken about that. Well, yeah, that as well, which is a lot better, but mm. also the other game changer... 28 Days Later. Ah, of course, yes. Yes. Which is just fucking insane. Yes. Oh, question. Hmm. What was the budget for 28 Days Later? Mm, tell me it was 28 million, just because it'll make me chuckle. <laughs> no. No, it's going to be less than that, isn't it? Uh, uh, what, about 4 million? 8 million. 8 million. I remember it being in the, well, single million. Under videos. 10 million. Yes. Very impressive, though. Very brilliant. So... This is directed by Danny Boyle of Train Spotting Fame. Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave. Slumdog Millionaire. Sunshine. We, we, which again, as you said before, we will argue about to the end of days. <laughs> and uh, did you ever see Trance? I didn't actually, no. Very strange film. Is that the underground disco thing where a slasher comes in? Like, No, it's about paintings. Of course it is. Yes. It's cool. got Vincent Cassell in it. Oh, okay. And James McAvoy. And other people. Yeah, yeah, very, very odd film. Mm. Anywho, we're not talking about that. No. We're talking about one of the best zombie films ever made, even though there's no zombies in it. Yeah. Technically not zombies. No, they're infected. They are alive, they're just fucking diseased. mental. <laughs> they're just fucking mental. It's Black Friday every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are infected with rage. Mm. That's all we know about it. There's no... Sort of science background to it, it's just rage. Well, it all starts with monkeys again. No, that's no, it. Monkeys infected with rage that bite that. You'd think after an AIDS epidemic, we'd have stopped fucking around with monkeys, really, wouldn't you? But... Yeah, no. No. And it stars Killian Murphy. And I think he is fucking brilliant in this show. He is. It's also Naomi Harris, Christopher Eccleston, uh, Brendan Gleason's in it. He's just good in everything. Yeah. So. Uh, David Schneider's the guy at the beginning with the the guy with the nose and the teeth that's in like all those British sitcoms. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like that. And he's the one that's like, they're infected with rage! And then gets his face eaten. Nah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we see that beginning thing of the, the monkeys breaking out, and then it goes, 28 days later. Yes. And Killian Murphy wakes up in the hospital, butt naked. Mm. Full frontal here. Yeah. Ladies, he's butt naked, cock and balls, everything. And there's no bugger around. Yep. So he goes for a little walk through London and there's nobody there. Hope no TV series ever tries to rip off this kind of beginning. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, the Vogging did. Hmm. So, yeah, this film is so impressive for so many reasons, mm. but that opening segment where Killian Murphy is just walking around in his hospital garments mm. with a bag full of was it, cans of Pepsi. Yeah, it's kind of Pepsi and Red Bull or something. That's it. it. And he's walking around London and I'm talking like 
he goes over Tower Bridge and mm. Piccadilly Circus, and there's not a soul in sight. Mm. And it goes, you know, this segment goes on for at least five minutes. Yeah. Filming that in one of the busiest places in the world mm. and getting it using no CGI, setting up all the cameras, doing it right, is damn impressive. Yeah. They only got the road shut for an hour to mm. do it, which is from 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 5 a.m., mm. I believe. And this is where they got all the models and attractive women to go around distracting drivers and basically ask drivers to not drive down that road uh, I think there's like a couple of page 3 models in there and stuff back when page 3 was still a thing yeah I remember those shortest read of a newspaper ever <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so that was those kind of guerrilla tactics because obviously the budget's only 8 million to get those shots and they are super impressive and that whole segment is amazing and mm. even the music in it which is, um, I think it's, uh, what's his name, John Murphy, that slow build-up music. It builds up slowly and slowly throughout the segment, even though on screen there's nothing happening other mm. than Killian Murphy walking around, like there's nothing happening. Mm. And it builds up and up and up and up and up, and slowly it's sort of, you know, usually stuff like that builds up from like tension, like someone's about to fall off or something or something mm. like that. Whereas this, they use it to build up his character's realisation mm. that he is very much alone in the world and he is utterly fucked. Yeah. And it's so well done. Because even like when he finds the, the taxi where the alarm goes off, the music's still going at that point, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it's finished building up by that point. No, at that point it's only just mm. rumbles in yeah. the background, basically. Still, I think we, yeah, we've said it's before. Not, I don't think it still gets the, the Piccadilly Circus thing where there's mm. all the um, you know, missing people mm. uh, posters that it starts to really, yeah. really, really... Yeah, that taxi going off will make me shit my pants every time I watch that film. No matter <laughs> how much I know it's coming, like, it will always get me. Uh, this is Killian Murphy's uh, first big role, though, as well, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. And now, obviously, he's gone on to huge things. Yeah, he's, he's a dumb man now. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great actor. Mm, no, he really is. Another question. Go on, then. This is the last one. What is written on the inside of the church that he goes to? Oh, the end is extremely fucking nigh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you. Well, yeah. I got one wrong, man. I think you got two actually. But wow, that's two fine. wrong. Fine. I'll give you a prize at the end. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Gillian Murphy totally alone until he finds a couple of other people. Mm. Oh, of course. First, he realizes there's zombies everywhere <laughs> after he clouts a priest in the head yes know? and then they uh, come running after him and then these two other survivors come out blow up a petrol station killing the uh, the couple that are after him mm. like, well, a, a mini horde that's after him yeah. and then they uh, they tell him that bit where they hide in like a, a news agent in the mm. London underground it's like I've got some bad news for you mate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh really Mm. So the zombies in this, or the non-zombies, uh, the big difference of this is that they run. Yeah. They are fast. And they don't just run, they fucking hoon it. Yes, they actually have cast athletes mm. uh, as the zombies in this. And yeah, boy do they run. It's even like, I assume sort of like they, you know, parkour people's bits where they're like leaping over the hoods of cars. Mm. It's like they are going for it. Yeah. Which makes it way more scary. Mm. The idea of a slow-moving horde that will eat you, yeah. or the idea of a horde that are just 
bolting it after you. So it's the difference in threat between like the creeping dead and the bolting dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think if I'm ever in a zombie apocalypse, if I see Usain Bolt get bitten, I'm just shooting myself <laughs> here and then, and I'm out. I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. But now it's like, nowadays you don't really see slow moving zombies other than like Romero's three, mm. obviously. But it's nowadays in Walking Dead you get them because they stick to the comics, which have got slow moving zombies. Ah, right. Them. It's, but this is like how World War Z and mm. see 28 weeks later which yeah. we will, we have talked about we will talk about mm. you'll hear it but we've already talked about it yeah we're yeah. going to talk about it again just for you guys yeah yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so this was sort of the what we call the, the game changer moment mm. where it's like oh wait running zombies fuck mm. why did no one think of that mm. for 40 fucking years right <laughs> <laughs> So he finds, uh, oh no, that's it, so uh, she kills the other guy. Yeah, he gets bitten when someone comes in through the window, and she literally takes one look at him and just machetes him down. Yeah, well she hacks his arm off first and then kills him, which seems unreasonably cruel. So just in case, nah, fuck yeah. (laughs) So if I get bitten, just do it in the head in one. Don't hack me the bits first, that's just painful and cruel, Mm. you bitch. Twenty days later, mm. we didn't have Killian Murphy hook up with Brendan Gleeson. We do. Who's playing a any old iron, any old iron cockney geezer? Me indeed. Who happens to have a full set of police riot gear? Yeah, which he doesn't take with him. Yeah, Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, these two survivors, along with Brendan Gleeson and his daughter. Mm. They've intercepted a radio signal from up north mm. in. Manchester, isn't it? Mm. Obviously, they're in London. They decide, we're not going to stay here. We are going up north mm. to the wall. To no, <laughs> <laughs> they're going up north to find the people that have sent out this radio signal. And the people on the end of the radio, which is a repeated message, or they could mm. be dead, are claiming that they are. Did they actually say that they're army personnel? They don't. They just say that the answer to infection is here, basically. Yes, that's it, yeah. So they take a good old jolly all the way up to Manchester. Again, mm. great shots of filming an English motorway with no cars on it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Couldn't make that film today, I tell you. Nah. <laughs> Not without phoning in a terrorist threat or two. No. They get to Manchester and bump into... The lads. Mm. The well, lads. We, we need to talk about, I think this is one of the harshest moments in the film that happens just as that, as they meet them. Oh yeah, Brandon Gleeson doesn't actually make it. No, no. Brandon Gleeson doesn't spoilers make it. No. Um, he literally, like, the infection in this, you don't need to be bitten by something, it's all in the blood. So yes, if they scratch you, you yeah. get done. If you bite you, you get done. Have sex with you. Have sex with you, which obviously they are all just gagging to do. <laughs> um, they don't, by the way. Um, but yeah, they look. Basically, there's a dead bird that's been infected or something. Or no, it's the, the, the bird's feeding on a corpse, and then as that's it bites it. into this the, corpse, yeah, yeah he, in frustration, he kicks the fence, and it causes that to reverberate, and then a drop of blood falls out of the dead body and just smack in his eye. Yeah, and it's this horrible scene as he realizes what's going on as his mm. daughter's going, "Daddy, are you okay?" And it's like, "I'm yeah. fucking not, darling." Yeah, <laughs> it's like that thing where, like, you, when you do something in frustration and you realize how stupid it was like if you ever kick something in anger and then realize oh fuck my toe's broken yeah it's like that on steroids yeah <laughs> like, this whole scene is just, it's brutal yeah it's, it's heartbreaking mm. and then 
That's when they discover the lads because yeah, they fucking shoot him. Yeah. And not just once or twice, peeps. <laughs> yeah, they make sure he's dead in front of his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So if only that was the most traumatic thing she'd have to look forward to in that movie. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then the lads show up. And they are like lads. As lads, well, mate. Like, fucking lads, innit? As, as someone who's worked in bars, like, you know, when you get like. I'm not going to, like, we obviously don't want to be taking a diss at squaddies in general here. They're the Christmas like, jumper gang. They're the Christmas jumper gang that, the have just got, gang that have just come back from being away or whatever, and they are full on, like, we are on tour, mate. Yeah, yeah. Fucking load up the flaming shambukas, I'm going in. <laughs> Uh, yes, there's a group of, I think it's nine or ten, I can't remember, that are mm. held up in this very nice house, actually, this big mansion. Yeah, it's like a big proper manor house, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, like, uh, a proper like, acres of ground around them, which they've rigged with like barbed wire and yeah. fucking landmines! Don't let Tom Savini near. No. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck! And not a duck in sight. <laughs> yeah, because they can shoot ducks. Uh, yes. And also, they're led by Christopher Eccleston. He is, like, what is he, the major, the general? The, yeah, he's the, the dude in charge, anyway. Yeah, basically. And they're fucking mental. Yeah. This kind of get harks back to what it's about Day of the Dead, with, um, you know, sometimes the zombies aren't the scariest thing, mm. it's the humans acting crazy once society is broken down, which we have very much in this case. Mm. So apart from one of them, who I think is the Scottish guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's like the kind of more timid sort of. Yeah, he's sort of the, the moral compass of the of the group, which they've just thrown overboard because <laughs> they don't need that anymore. Yep. So they then decide to basically Christopher Eccleston's character seems to think that everyone is dead. Mm. And they need to restart society. It's only been a month, by the way. Mm. It's only been 28 days. And that's why... <laughs> As he, implied. Yes, he promises his men women. And nasty things happen. They basically drug the girls and try to fucking mm. rape them. Well, no, the, the older one dr drugs the girl. Mm. Before, because... Yeah, she's... Okay, like, we will say, actually, no one actually gets raped in this film. Yeah. But the whole lead up to it is that there's, like... Eight or nine guys, and they're gonna rape these two women, including what is she eleven? Yeah, she's fucking young. Yeah, man. the older woman gives her, I think it's Valium. Yeah, and it's, it's a few of them as well. Yeah, like pumps her for the Valium to basically so that she, I'm give, she says like I'm giving you this to, to make you not care. Yeah, which is with her. the whole time, Killy Murphy obviously objects. Uh, objects. Mm. So they He's, fuck him up and leave they him take him outside don't they? to kill him along with the Scottish one. Mm. They kill the Scottish guy. Murphy escapes, mm. comes back like fucking Rambo. Like, dude, I've got to say, some <laughs> of the nastiest kills in that film are him going fucking psycho. Eye yeah. gouge. It's or you need a good eye gouge in a movie, yeah. man. And it, Mike, this is one of the best ones because the guy he does it to is the real proper pardon yeah. my French. Unto the group. Yeah, he's the he's the worst one. Mm. There's always like that. The real prick always dies. It's like in Day of the Dead of Rhodes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, save or it for you the get Sean of the Dead with Dylan Moore and gets ripped to pieces out of the window. Like. Get fucked, four eyes. Yeah, and that's mm. pretty much that amazing film. Mm. You know, obviously they changed the ending at the last minute. Day, yeah, originally, obviously, it ends with the three of them escaping in the car, and like you've got this shot where they're, they're driving out of the mansion, and they realise they've got to smash through the gate to get out. Mm. And kind of as they hit the gate, it almost freeze frames on them crashing, and you don't know if the car's gone through it or not. Right. And then it cuts to them, like they've managed to get away to like the middle of the countryside. Yeah. Um, 
and they have obviously you know they're trying to like do this big sign out That's sign saying like help us SOS whatever um, and yeah you then see that Killian Murphy's like lying in bed still wounded because he gets shot on the way out um, uh, and yeah he's like lying in bed and you see him like wake up check his wound and he can just about stand up and walk around as they see I think it's either a helicopter or a plane above them hmm. so they're like stretching their big sign to let them know but, um, in the original ending Killian Murphy doesn't make it uh, it's just her and the little girl and it was meant to be a lot more somber and they're basically like just is it more of like he sacrifices himself for them, that kind of thing or something like that? Yeah, that sort of thing. Like, you know, no good man left standing sort of thing. Mm. Um, which I don't know if I'd prefer that or not, because I kind of like the... F- I mean, this film, it doesn't really have a happy ending, because it's like, a lot like the end of Dawn of the Dead, where, yeah, they get to the helicopter... It's kind of just an ending. ...and they fly away. It's, it's like... Just, you, this just, is like the end of this chapter in this massive event that's happening. Yeah. You know? it's kind of, they're, yeah. they're still fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, they are still fucked. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's just a, an ending, but after all you've been through, you're like, I need to fucking sit down. Yeah. Which is probably what you're thinking of the characters, like, they need a break. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they, these guys need a cup of tea. Yeah, so to quote, like, was it um, Good Morning Vietnam? Like, yeah, Killian Murphy, by the end of this movie, needs a blowjob more than any other man in the history of mankind. Like. Uh, but yeah, it is a great film. It was hugely successful. It took 37 million. And yeah, it's, it's just great. It's obviously not just the running and the look of it and all the shots and the music. It's the, the, the theme of it. Like I said, it's not really zombies. Mm. It's sort of mankind's fear of viruses, yeah. infection. You think like how people go crazy. Things like, oh God, Ebola, or mm. SARS, or the Spanish flu or stuff like that. Mm. It's that turned up to 11. Yeah. And 11 is fucking louder, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's it for the movies. Apart from... Were we not going to talk about 28 weeks? We already have. Oh, is that bit still okay? Yeah. Oh, good-o. Yeah, we're going to go now, but you can carry on listening to the... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll give you your prize. I get a prize, yay! Which is in this box, which is using as a microphone stand. Excuse me for a second. No worries. A live unboxing. I've got so much crap in here. Um, I haven't actually You're really selling it, you know. What I'm gonna give you. Aww. There's a few things. Aww. I've been loving the little Dead Rising 4 multi tool, by the way, and I've actually downloaded and started playing Dead Rising 4 at the moment, speaking of uh, the zombie. Um, there we go. Hey, what's this? That's a t shirt, mate. Nice! And it's way less covered in sweat than the one I'm wearing. This buck is going straight on. <laughs> I actually really like that. It's from the uh, Lord of the Rings. That's it. Airlock. Speak friend and enter. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's why I'm giving it away. Any any (laughs) shit like that you don't want, dude. Yeah, just send on over. I got that in a a crate box. Oh, a loot crate. That's Mm. it, which I don't think I actually subscribe to that one anymore. Mm. Um, A lot of stuff in here is from the... uh, I'm never going to use that. Anyway. Yeah, so I actually... Okay, I don't like Lord of the Rings, but I do think the design of that T-shirt is very cool. Mm. Well, take a picture of it and we'll stick on the on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I'll model it for you, cool. like one of my French girls. All right. Um, Where are they? France. <laughs> God, I'm not a fucking slave driver, Finn. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's it for us, apart from the end bit, which we'll play for you now, where we carry on talking about, uh, what is it, 28 Weeks Later and World War Z, and I think that's it. Yeah. Don't you have to listen and see, I, I can't remember. Listen and see? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we still haven't seen Train to Busan either. Oh yeah, that was it, Train to Busan, yeah. Um, mm. 
You didn't watch it then? I haven't had a chance, man. No, me neither. Okay. I, again, I found out I got a flat inspection tomorrow, so I've been cleaning lots. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Anyway, in, my, in the meantime, you can... What's our email? Um, Horrorataff at gmail.com. That's it. You can see Lee on YouTube at Spidey129. Mm. And we're on Instagram at the Horrorataff, or one word. At the moment on Instagram, obviously by the time you listen to this, it won't be on there. We're doing a... On the story thing, the question is, uh, give us a mo- horror movie title, but replace one word with bollocks. Excellent. The evil yes. bollocks. The evil bollocks. We're going straight in there. Um, Nightmare on Bollocks Street. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll bring them up. Let's see what was there. Oh, the Texas Bollocks Massacre. Let the right bollock in. I like that one. And that's a good cracking movie reference as well. Yes. Uh, the Bollocks of the Lambs. Excellent. 28 Bollocks Later. Relevant. Very relevant. Bollocks on Elm Street. Excellent. The Texas Bollocks Massacre. Which again, yeah. <laughs> uh, bollocks from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Last bollocks on uh, the left. And actually my favourite, which actually came from Lee Smith, mm. the Bollocks Have Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so that's, oh, and also on Instagram, we do, once a week, we do the horror t-shirt of the week. Mm. Where I just find a picture of someone in a decent horror t-shirt and repost it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Go look. How do you not win that every week? Like all of your t shirts are I've horror never, t-shirts. no, I've never put myself on it. I think oh, it's about five or six. Mm. Yes. Anyway, that's it. That's it for now. I'm going to open the windows. Fucking boy. Alright, where do we get to? Just now. Just finished off 28 days later. 28 weeks later. Yeah. They released 28 weeks and I'm joking. Two years later. <laughs> two years later, they released 28... No, five years later. I was say, it was longer than that. Yeah, five surely. years later, the sequel, 28 days later, was 28 weeks later. Mm. The sequel I never thought would happen, um, I'm totally honest. I'll be honest, I didn't think it would work either when I found out it was going to happen. Mm. And it really did. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it pretty, pretty good. It's not, it's not a 10 out of 10 like the first no, one. It's, 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 Danny Boyle's out is... Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. Was it still written by Garland? Uh, no. Was it not? No. Mm. Somebody else. Um, yeah, they came on. Uh, obviously, I think Garland and Boyle were producing, or executive producing. Right. Um, Jeremy Renner. Mr. Hawkeye. Yeah, that loser. He's... Captain Hurt Locker and fuck you. <laughs> yeah, this was the year before Hurt Locker. So mm. he was pretty unknown at the time. Yeah. So no... Big stars in it. Idris Elba before he got really big. Is he in that? Yeah, he's the American, I guess, general guy, the one that orders the cold red. Oh shit! Imogen Poots. Mm. The, you know, she's in stuff, I guess. Mm. Uh, Rose <laughs> Byrne from like she's the mum from Insidious, yeah. and of course Robert Carlyle, who is absolutely fucking brilliant in this. Yeah, he actually turned down Twenty Eight Days Later. Did he? Yeah. Which role was he going for? I don't know what he was offered, actually. Because I, I can know. imagine him more playing the Christopher Eccleston character. That's it, yes, yeah. The, yeah sorry, well, yeah, it was that. Um, he turned it down and then obviously took this up. Mm. Yeah, he's brilliant in this. He's he's a really underrated actor. Robert Carlyle's fucking fantastic. Yeah. He really is. So he's Yeah, he's never... <sighs> Like broken out as he to like mainstream no, success. Like he's, he's a lot more popular over like here, over here in Britain. Mm. He's supposed to be like a lot of TV stuff. The Full Money was obviously massive and stuff like that. I love that film. <laughs> that is such a great film. Uh, so in this version, what the hell's going on? So it's twenty eight weeks later. They believe most of the infected, mm. not dead. 
the infected are dying out of starvation. Yeah. And was it? They've almost created like mega cities, like in Judge Dredd, where they're like. They basically turned the Isle of Dogs mm. in London into uh, I can't remember what they called it, Zone One, where the the, the U.S. Army have showed up and they've kind of taken over. Mm. Oh God, God bless America, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to re slowly repopulate. Mm. So they start with the Isle of Dogs, and this is where you're gonna go, and we're gonna try and build this up again. But they can't leave the Zone One. Mm because there's still a chance that naughties can happen. But at the very beginning of the film, Robert Carlyle with his wife and a couple, another few people and some old couple are held up in this cottage, like a barn yeah. thing, isn't it? A farmhouse. That's it. And the kid shows up like, let me in, let me in. Now, personally, me, I'm like, fuck off. Mm. But they let the kid in and, of course, zombies get in. Oh, brilliant. Mm. And all running around, everyone's trying to buy that. And they end up in the, I think it's like upstairs somewhere. And Robert Carlyle's wife is trying to get this kid out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> like literally trying to get the kid out of the closet. But he's too scared to move. And Robert Carlyle's like, ah, fucking come on, come on. And then the zombies bust in. And in the most non-Hollywood move ever, Robert Carlyle just leaves them. Ditches and runs. He just ditch. He just fucking bails. Mm. Leaves his wife to be fucking eaten. Non Hollywood move, but let's face it. At the end of the day, you've been married to someone for that long. You've probably had your ups and downs. She's fucked. Well, I told her the sign for alimony. So. Yeah. And yeah, she gets fucking eaten up good. Yeah. But but survives. Yeah. So we then jump to London and Robert Carlyle's kids are coming into London mm. where he has been for a while so we're jumping to what is it well 28 weeks later he's escaped this farmhouse gone to London the kids show up and they make a point in saying that his son has is one brown eye and one blue eye yeah which is like a rare genetic thing and said my mum has it as well mm. and it turns out this is kind of like the cure well, it's not so much not a cure, cure but it it's, uh, means you're immune to yeah, infection you, yourself. Yes. But you can still. You're, you're still infected, but you don't have the symptoms, yeah. I believe, is what it is. It's like natural immunity. Yes. So the kids run off into London, which they're not allowed to do, because mm. they go back to their old house, and their mum is there, mm. alive. She's then brought into the Zone 1. And they're examining her, and she is like we say, she's infected, yeah. but she's she's, she's like carrier. yeah, she's like typhoid Mary. Aye. Yeah. And then Robert Carlyle shows up to see his wife, and obviously she is a bit pissed. Mm. So in a sort of really fucked up twist, she kisses her husband. No, he kisses her. That's it. He she's, kisses she's her. She's on the bed like fucking. Yeah. So she's like strapped to the bed like fucking Frankenstein's monster. Mm. He kisses his wife thinking that she's actually fine, but of course she isn't. Mm. He is then instantly infected and goes all ragey. Does a little bit of an eye gouge There's again. an eye gouge, yeah. Because hey, she's that. strapped to the fucking bed, and next thing you know, the infection is in the fucking safe zone. Ah, yeah. Firebomb it, shoot everyone, fuck! And don't they just? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck me. It all, they have the, the code red thing, and it's like, it's, it's a harrowing start to the film, and it only gets fucking worse. Mm. When the snipers and the marksmen around the rooftops, led by Hawkeye, yeah. uh, can't actually distinguish who's who yeah. when they're all running and panicking. So the order is just shoot everyone. Mm. So they literally are just gunning everybody down. Yeah, you've got that one shot, I think if it's um, the, the guy that Hawkeye's talking to on his 
Um, sorry, Jeremy Renner, he's just walked up to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like talking over his comms, like one of his mates, and you can see his mate is like taking the shots, but you can actually see tears just streaming yeah. down his face while he's doing it. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's genuinely horrible. Because, yeah, they're ordered to just basically shoot everybody, and mm. well, Jeremy Renner bails. Yeah. He goes, fuck this, I'm out. Mm. It's also, um, they use the same music as well from the first one, which yeah. is composed by a called John Murphy, <coughs> who also did the music for Sunshine, which has a great soundtrack. It does they, have a great soundtrack. They reused uh, one of I them. don't hate Sunshine as much as I've let on, all right? But they reused um, <laughs> some of the music from Sunshine in Kick-Ass. If, do you remember the scene where Nicolas Cage is tied up? And yeah. That, do this now, child! Yeah, that, that, scene, that yeah. music, that's reused from Sunshine. Mm. Composed by John Murphy. Kick-Ass is a fun film. Yeah. Far from a great film, but definitely a fun film. <laughs> We're going to make a really realistic film about what happens if you try to be a superhero. Or Are you, though? <laughs> Rocket launchers and jetpacks, what now? <laughs> so, yeah, 28 weeks later. Um, like I said, the sequel didn't ever expect to happen, mm. but it did happen. And, yeah, well, first I was like, oh, God, really? Mm. But, yeah, it is great. It is really, really good. It Jeremy really Renner's good. character in it as well is actually... I was, He was the one death I was genuinely sad about. Yeah, spoilers, like most zombie films, pretty much everybody fucking mm. dies. There's no happy endings in zombie films we've established, mm. except for Zombieland. Yeah. And even Shaun of the Dead, Nick Frost has turned into a zombie. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I mean, it's kind of happy because he gets to keep his mate, but it's also like, you know... You imagine playing that couch co-op game where if you fuck up, your mate's going to eat you. Mm. That's Simon Pegg's life after that. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit uh, slower paced than the first one. Mm. But it's, yeah, still a great film. But Again, they use like athletes. They actually use like, dancers and circus performers as the, the whores and doing like... I was just going to say, when, when the action scenes do happen, and I wouldn't really describe them as horror scenes so much in this one. I'd say it's almost got that slightly aliensy when it happens, it's more action-orientated. Mm. Like, <clears throat> um, but when they happen, they are so full on and intense. Like, I believe for a lot of them, they just cut the soundtrack entirely. Yeah, and it's just you are there. They also do a great um, uh, sort of steady cam thing, but they really strap it to the side of their head. Mm. It's Robert, so you see like the side of Robert Carlyle's head is that sort of motion. Thing. Yeah, and they use it as drunk effects a lot, don't they? Mm. It feels like... Um, I love the shot with him as well where, um, you know, when they're firebombing the city and it's mm. just him as an infected just up against the wall just breathing and waiting for the flames to go yeah. down. There's something so fucking haunting about that. Like. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's fucked up. And all the ending is... Spoilers. Is it the little kid gets bitten, laddie gets bitten? Yes. And so then the, they the, move over to Paris. But they, yeah, so the, the, they pick, everyone's fucking dead except for the kids, basically. Yeah. They're picked up from the stadium by uh, poor guy's mate mm. in the helicopter. And he, he's been told to get them out, take them over the channel, take them to France. Mm. The kid is bitten. Yeah. But he's got the same immunity as his mum. Yeah. But then we see, and that is originally where the film ended. Really? Yeah, that was it. And then literally like a day before... It was supposed to be like handed in, or like the the, the stuff was handed in for editing. Mm. Uh, Jean Carlos went out and reshot. So then it goes, it cuts to a well, not reshot, but added an ending yeah. where it goes to the helicopter has crashed, mm. and you see it. It's in wreck. You don't know who's dead, who's alive, and then it's just a shot the camera. They filmed this one a three person uh, crew, mm. and hired the actors on the day. And just got them to come out, burst out, and they're running, and you just, it's all jumpy and shrunk yeah. around, they're running like the infected. Mm. And it's not even clear at first what the fuck's going on, but you just see as sort of 
they pass through eventually the uh, Eiffel Rocky Tower. Tower in the it's background. like, shit, they've hit That's Europe. It. It's <clears> in <throat> fucking Paris. And yeah, that was tagged on at the very last minute. He just kind of went, actually, I've got a better idea. Yeah, in which case I'm really glad he did yeah, that. Yeah, it's a bit cause... like the ending of the Dawn of the Dead remake where they find the... Oh, the, the fan boat. footage bit at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's similar to that. that. And now we are getting a third one. Yes, they are, they are actually doing 28 months later, aren't they? Yes, Danny Boyle is back as directing and Alex Garland. Is it going to be them as well? Yeah, that's and Alex amazing. Garland is back as writing. Oh, and obviously this time consider we're me going hard. fucking Euro trash <laughs> on this one. Um, fucking brilliant. Oh, such a Please cast Jean Reno in something. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss Jean Reno. <laughs> so yeah, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I knew it was happening. I didn't realise it was going to be Danny Boyle and Alex Garland again though. So that's, yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Oh, I'm excited now. <laughs> Next, next, yeah. So that was good. Mm. And then, I mean, there's been other films, but <laughs> <laughs> then in the uh, chronological order, the next one we're talking about World War Z, the Wiki War, the Wiki War, Wiki War, Wiki War, Wiki War, Wiki War, Wiki War, Wiki Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt's haircut, Brad Pitt's scarf, right? Brad Pitt's stubble. I'm going to say something quite controversial here. You like Brad Pitt? I've read the book. That's oh. right, people. I've read a book. Well, shit yeah. in bed. <laughs> book is so fucking far removed from the film. Yeah, that it's not even. I don't know how they got away with calling it World War Z. I've heard this. This. But here's the thing. Film's actually alright. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's actually alright. It's got Have some you really seen good the uncut in. version though? I don't think so. Well you need to watch it. Is it is it even better? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, like it's the only version worth fucking watching. Oh, okay. So this film was a big old it's a hundred and ninety million dollar budget. This is the most expensive zombie film ever made. Probably ever will be, apart from the sequel, but we'll get on to that. <clears throat> so, the what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get on to that, we'll get on to that. So, Bradley Pitts... <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard him called that before. Bradley Pitts, his um, production company is called Plan B. They bought the... Well, is that Plan B or Bland B? Bland B. They bought the rights to this book for a million dollars and they was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to produce it and star in it, hire some fucking hack to direct it. And Mark Foster's mm. not a hacker, he's done some more right films. But anyway, the only problem was Plan B had never actually made a film this big. Mm. At the time, I think the biggest film they'd done was Eat, Pray, Love. So they didn't... It's like a Judy Roberts rom-com, I think. Oh, right, good. So they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing. Mm. But when, so this had a lot of problems in production. And because it's a like nearly $200 million budget and it's a Brad Pitt film, obviously this all ended up in the press and things didn't go that smoothly. When it was released, people were not happy. One, for the reason you stated, it's nothing like the fucking book at all. I mean, do you know anything about the book? I know... Wait, does the book end in Russia? The book ends... The third act. Like, everything's already happened when the book's written. This is like... It's right. a guy writing his diary of 
doing interviews okay. with people after the whole thing has already occurred. It's yeah. written like five to ten years after Z Day has happened. Like, My friend G Z. Hmm. So it's yeah, that one reason alone. People are like, "What the fuck is this? Nothing like the book." Anyway, that aside, there's lots of films that are nothing like the book, but also. It was given a fucking PG rating. Mm. Like, Bad move for a zombie yeah, film. Yeah, like, what? But It's surprisingly violent for a PG movie. I'll give it that. I mean, well, it was a PG-13 in America, which I think over here is like a 12A yeah. Yeah, over here. This wasn't really what they... Blame Spider-Man for that rating, by the way. Yes, that was the first one. Yes. First you know what the first film to get a 12 rating was? Uh, Ace Ventura, I think. I think it was Batman, actually. No, you're right, it was. Yes. Sorry. I think 12 uh, rating was the first 12 rated movie released on VHS was Ace Ventura. Oh. Or was something along those lines. So you had Mark Foster has said in the past that he felt basically he was handcuffed. Mm. That the studio because they've put a lot of money into this and we want a lot of people to see it so it's and it's got Bradley Pitts in it mm. so we want it to be cut down they actually cut out seven minutes seven minutes to get it down to this PG rating right and yeah people were not happy even before it came out it was like sorry it's a what? it's a fucking kids film mm. and yeah people were not happy yeah happen happy happy <laughs> people were not happy but if you watch the uncut version it's so much better for so many reasons not only just because there's and that you surprised what you can do with seven minutes of footage no oh, I can amaze you with what I can do with seven <laughs> minutes there's remember my sex day fuck that <laughs> um, there's not just the extra sort of like blood and stuff like that mm. it, the suspense is there it's more tense yeah. it's more kind of fuck shit's really going down it's crazy in the film how quickly it goes from driving your kids through traffic mm. to complete social Chaos, breakdown yeah. like within an hour I know this is in New Jersey but mm. come on an hour and there's, they go to um, this supermarket to get supplies mm. and I think one of his kids got asthma or something like that so Brad goes to the um, pharmacy area of the supermarket mm. and there's a drug dealer that has shot the pharmacist and is just helping himself. Mm. Or drug addict, sorry. But you don't see the body of the, the pharmacist and the full of blood everywhere mm. in the PG version. Yeah, exactly. And it makes more sense as opposed to just a guy hanging out in the pharmacy. Mm. Also in the supermarket scene, there's an attempted rape on his wife really? by two guys in front of everybody in the supermarket who are just so panicked and trying to get their Jesus shit Christ. that it's just happening until Brad Pitt shows up. Oh, he's got a gun, by the way. But that's where he's got that rifle thing they find in the, the RV. Yeah. So he shows up, shoots one of the guys, dead. And then as this happens, a police officer appears and obviously Brad Pitt puts his hands up, puts the gun down like this. And the police officer doesn't even look at him, just walks straight past and carries on. Shit. So... That's how quickly it's like, obviously the, because this film kind of uh, really mm. kicked off the zombie apocalypse craze and it does depict how, just how quickly society well, can break I down. I remember you've got the scene right at the beginning where you can see everything going mad when they're stuck in that traffic jam and he sees someone get bitten and he just starts counting. Yeah, until, it's like, yeah. Is it, it's like 12 seconds or something it takes for yeah. someone to get turned. Which he does a couple of times in the mm. film because at some point I think he gets 
blood in his mouth, or he thinks he's got yeah, blood in his mouth. There's that, and he's counting, and he, then he realizes he's okay. Yeah. And then you've got the soldier girl that he's with. Get she gets bitten on the arm, and so he hacks her hand off, and then yeah. just starts counting. And she's like, "The fuck are you doing?" Yeah. He's like, and also that scene obviously you see more of that. Yeah. And you see him like bandage up her. I worked up that one sequence. Like, where is it? Is it somewhere in India? Is it where the Israel. Is it Israel? Yeah. Where the, yeah, the zombies are doing the whole hive mind kind of smashing into the wall, creating the piles yeah. of themselves to go. The tension of that scene, that I think that's the main reason why I like that film. Mm. Is that that one bit, it was like, okay, this is like a 90 to 140 minute, um, sorry, sorry, to a, like a half, well, hour and a half movie to hour and 45 minute movie. Yeah. And this is this one 10 minute sequence right in the middle of it, which I think I could probably just stop and watch at any point of any day. Yeah, it's crazy. That one scene mm. is fucking Especially as it's supposed to be like the, like one of the last safe cities on the planet. Yeah. And then they start singing and it just, like that, well, Do you remember the um, the clip of that game I showed you, um, Days Gone? Yeah. That's got the, like the, the hordes of zombies moving like that and that. And, um... Yeah, I think that's why I like their game so much, even though you don't get to do that till right towards the end of it. You're like 30 hours of gameplay in, and all of a sudden, like, by the way, there's definitely hordes everywhere. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, again, we're back with the fast yeah, moving zombies. Because that was the thing in the book as well. In the book, they, they are the slow moving ones. Ah, right. Um, yeah, they are traditional zombies. Right. Whereas, obviously, you couldn't really have this film with. No, Romero moving zombies you need to boil them up yeah <laughs> again, we've got that whole like, insect hive mind movement and thing where like and the scenes where they're like crashing down through like the thin alleyways in Israel yeah in that scene and it, it's, it is fucking scary yeah, to watch the, um, the aeroplane scene yeah I lo- and you know it's the way they go teeth first in this one they don't go for you with their hands to try and grab you for them the important thing is they get their mouth on you so when yeah. they're jumping through the air it is full on Naruto run jumping forward like it is like the film is basically it is just set piece after set piece yeah it's all it is it until was, the third act it's like watching a video game yeah until the third act where they kind of pumped the brakes a bit mm. when they landed Wales but they rewrote and reshot that entire third act that I actually know about yeah because yeah, it was supposed to end with another massive action set piece yeah it was supposed to so once they leave Israel on the plane mm. originally that plane lands in Russia and he is basically told, you will be fighting for us now because you're alive and healthy and fighting off the zombie hordes. And that goes on for some time. There's some massive battle and all mm. this crap. But they kind of watch it and went, eh, it's a bit obvious. It's supposed to be... So they ditched um, it. There's a, a scene in the book where the, it's one of the soldiers' accounts is um, it's talking about like, basically stopping the zombies coming across a massive bridge. Mm. And so they set like depth charges all the way across it. Uh, not depth charges, for fuck's sake. Mines. Um, not even mine Man just mine. like um, boom booms what do you call it clicky bombs <laughs> I don't yeah boom booms you, you press the button the bridge got boom on yeah. those ones um, um, remote explosives that's what I'm trying to say and I think the actual set piece of the, one of the set pieces they were thinking about filming for that third act was basically this bit from the book almost directly but um, it's the idea of um, there was potentially the idea of Brad Pitt being like running across the bridge with a horde chasing him and they basically jump on him as he hits the button sort of thing. And that was potentially going to be the end of the film. Right. But yeah. They said they went to Wales. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I met Peter Capaldi, who's Scottish. But, <laughs> yeah, so that... It is him as well, isn't it? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
so yeah, they they rewrote the whole thing, and it is apart from the actual like the obviously the famous grenade on the fucking plane bit, mm. and then the subsequent crash, the, the film does pump the brakes a lot, which usually in a film is not what you do in the third act. Mm. But obviously, because they've been going full throttle for the last hour <laughs> yeah. and fifteen minutes, it's kind of it is a bit weird. Had to sort of end it with a more slow pace, so kind of sedate it a little bit. Yeah, more. yeah. But yeah, I still enjoyed the film. Oh yeah, I honestly didn't mind it. I mean, but there were obviously uh, big rumors that Brad Pitt and um, Mark Foster fell out massively during reshoots, and like apparently weren't speaking to each other, and all these things usually point to you know disaster awaiting. We've read the Hellboy reviews, but for all that went on, and you know, like I said, Plan B, a company who's never made a film this big, I think if you just watch the uncut version, do not bother with the theatrical version, it's a pretty good film. Well, I think they did well. I've actually only seen the theatrical version, I think. Is that the one that's on Netflix, or was on Netflix? I think so. Then, yeah, that's the only version I've ever seen, and I still quite enjoyed it, so... Yeah, the... Yeah, the... Didn't hate Brad Pitt in it either. It was like his character from The Mexican grew up. <laughs> and he was still trying to be so nice. But yeah, there is a sequel happening as well. Cool. It's in development. Brad Pitt is back. And directing is David Fincher. Really? Really. Shit. Yes, indeed. So that's... Well, I'm immediately excited about Yeah, that, I maybe. don't know. I've no idea what the plot is. Um, there's no sequel to the book, is there? No, 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 it's all like I mean, Max, Max expands on that universe. Max Brooks, the guy who wrote the book, he's done like several zombie themed books. Like I've got a book at home called the Zombie Survival Handbook, uh-huh. um, and it is literally ha- what you should do to try and survive a zombie apocalypse. It basically tells you you're fucked, and <laughs> <laughs> um, you're like, if this happens, by the way, <laughs> bugger, put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. Yes. It's one of those ones. Um, but actually, it also, the thing I love about that book is it ends up with, um, I think the last like 50 pages of it is just random accounts from like soldiers and like um, workers, like sort of like emergency workers, um, actually relaying stories that basically make you think, shit, has this actually happened and we haven't noticed? There's actually a really creepy one from like the, I think it's the early 1900s, we're out somewhere in India, and it's almost like the whole Zulu thing of like, you know, just being surrounded by, mm. you know, attackers. And they were saying there was just loads of these. They kept shooting them and the guys just kept getting back up. And there's like one guy takes... Shot like, them in the head. He literally takes 16 to 17 shots directly through the chest. It's like, there's no way we missed his heart. There is no way. And this guy got up like five fucking times. You're like, and that, my friends, is why cocaine is a lovely weekend deal breaker. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really creepy to read that. Because like, one of them is literally just a diary that someone's written. And it's a genuine, this is this guy's diary page. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so I, I shot a guy through the chest. I feel so terrible. Next day, I've just seen him walking around. Next day, he attacked me again. And then they have a massive fight. The guy literally puts a knife through his chest and then sees him again the next day. And it's like, he didn't even have a fucking mark on him. And you're trying to work out whether or not this guy's actually off his tits on some kind of drug and he's just imagining it or if this is actually happening to it him. It was all a dream. Uh, yeah, it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> so we don't know like what actually happened between the two. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, he can't have stabbed the guy through the heart and the guy got back up again. Like, There's no fucking yeah. way. But it's yeah, it's creepy as hell, man. 
So that is all the films we... Because we didn't watch Train to Busan. We tried to. We tried to. I didn't try. I did try. <laughs> and but I love the fact the animated tie-in is called Soul Train. <laughs> S-E-O-U. But yes. Train to Busan, haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but good things from well, sources. It's got a 7.5 rating on IMDb. That's good. For a fucking horror movie, that's brilliant. Uh, not in English. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I don't think even the original rings that high on there. Like... I don't... No, I don't know. Um, yeah, we're done. I hope you like zombies. Well, we're not going to talk about Wreck. I haven't seen it. I've oh, you have seen it. Have I you seen have it? Seen, I've seen it several times. Wreck's oh, okay. fucking brilliant. Oh, this is a Spanish, right? It's a Spanish movie. It's um, shot... Again, it's um, like a found footage film. Handheld from Hand 2007. Held. Um, and... Like I, I was watching this at a phase where during a phase where I used to watch horror movies a lot. Like um, I think I told you before, like I had a big thing about horror films and I just didn't get phased by them whatsoever. Mm. Um, this was the last horror movie I watched that ended that streak. The last ten minutes of this film is some of the most terrifying shit I've ever fucking seen. It is just it is the most kind of like I don't know. The way, it, like, even thinking about it, it gets me a little bit creeped out. Like, I decided to start watching this, um, I'm not going to lie, a little bit stoned, at about half one in the morning. Creep days, mate. Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, I put it on about half one in the morning. I was watching it on my own, in the dark, in um, um, my girlfriend at the time's living room. And I didn't realise until the end credits started rolling that I was actually curled up in a ball, hugging my own legs. Um, it's... It's really, really, really well done. The whole idea is there's been some kind of incident in a tower block, um, like a, sort of an apartment block. Yeah. And um, like these news reporters are like trying to get in to see what's going on. They managed to get in, and um, yeah, essentially it looks like basically a zombie outbreak. More kind of like you know the rage kind of running zombies. Yeah. Um, and then slowly as stuff goes on, like the fire crew comes in with them. So you've got a few firemen in there. I think there's one copper in there. And they're trying to basically figure out what the fuck is going on. And so it just goes from sort of like a standard sort of... Looks like it's going to be a normal kind of zombie movie thing. So then you realise, no, no, these fuckers can run. And again, it's got the real quick transformation thing. Yeah. And so the reason... We're possibly going to not talk about this one, as I mentioned before, is because it turns out it's not actually zombies. It's demonic possession. All right, it's not a virus then. Um, they think it is. Right, so they so think it's like a 28 Days Later virus. They, they literally yeah. think that. If you watch the American remake um, with Jennifer Carpenter, um, Quarantine. Quarantine, which if you haven't seen the original, it's a really good film. And if you have seen the original, it is a shot-for-shot remake. Oh, is it's, it the same director? It's not, no. Oh. Uh, I think it was literally released like four months after Rep came out. Like they fucking smacked that remake out really quick, and if you watch Rep, you can totally see why. But um, yeah, the last the last little shot of it I was talking about is um, the last like ten minutes of it or so that really really freaked me out. Is um, it's a woman's managed to try to get almost to the top of the block, and she then realizes that she's in the room with kind of the creator of the virus right um I say creator of the virus it's the woman who's been possessed by the actual demon so the idea is like if she bites someone it passes on a bit of the demon to someone else and that turns him into that more like a vampire 
Sort of. Right. Sort of. It's, like I say, it's, it's very... I think it's why I liked it so much. You can't... It's really difficult to describe. But um, just the, the level of tension in it always is fucking nuts. But this last scene, she managed to get to this woman and um, it's all shot through um, a night vision camera. Uh, like at the end of Silence of the Lambs? Um, this makes that look like a fucking play though. I hate so, that fucking scene. <laughs> honestly, it's some of the worst bits of like, any movies. Have, like, obviously, you've got the whole thing done, but this is the best I've ever seen it done. Um, and the very, very spoilers final shot of the movie is just the camera hits the floor and the woman's like, she's been sort of like knocked aside by this thing, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and the thing still can't find it. Turns out, I think like the thing's actually blind itself and it's kind of using echolocation to find her. Um, it's Flipper. It's her trying <laughs> to crawl towards this camera. You can tell how tense I am just thinking about it because I didn't even make a joke then. <laughs> and she's trying to crawl towards this camera and you see this sudden look of shock on her face and less than half a second later she's just dragged into nothingness screaming and it is... Oh, God, I need a shower. It's, it's fucking brilliant. It's so well done. Um, and the sequel, Rec 2, is actually really, really worth watching because it carries on directly from that and they focus more on the whole... The I think I remember Rec 2 as it being like one of the sort of underrated um, it's a sequel that's I would say on par with the movie it came from yeah. it's not better but it literally just feels like they could have shot it at the same time and it was maybe they made a three hour film and just released right. the second hour and a half later sort of thing it's like that it's really really good like how we're doing this episode pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> we hope this sounded alright oh we do indeed <laughs> uh We'll probably just tell them. <laughs> we probably will. <laughs> so, zombies, do you like them? Do you know any? <laughs> yes, other than Prince Philip, is it? Learn your racists. <laughs> <laughs> just take this freaking picture. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for staying and listening. God, it's still fucking... I think it's hot now and all early and the sun's going down. Well, it's because we've shut the window and you're just basking in my B.O., Mm. Oh, I'm wearing jeans as well. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go get a beer? Yeah, let's go get drunk. Alright, cool. Cheers, guys. Thank Bye. you. <laughs> Love you.